I grew up in the forest, and Texas forests are very beautiful. They're different from the forests of the Pacific Northwest where I grew up. I grew up surrounded by western red cedars and Douglas firs, trees so tall that if you're under their canopy, sometimes you can't even decide to the tops of them. I grew up within driving distance of actual rainforests, places dripping with moss and alive I grew up hiking through trees so dense that you didn't even see the sun until you cleared the tree line of the mountain, rising into the clouds. As a child, I remember learning about what to do if I ever found myself lost in the woods. Forests are beautiful, they are healing, but they're also dangerous. Anything really worth anything is dangerous. What we were told as children in the Pacific Northwest was if we were to stay safe in the beauty of the wild and we happened to wander from our path and didn't know where we were, we needed to hug a tree. Basically, stay close. Once you're wandering around, you get potentially deeper into the woods and you become harder to find. If you stay in one place, you won't zig when the searchers zag and you'll be found more quickly and you'll minimize the possibility of getting injured. Hugging a tree was a great way for children and adults to remember that if you find yourself lost, stay put and let those who are trained to help you do their job. Hug a tree and be found. On the second Sunday of Advent, we're invited to hug a tree, to be rooted and grounded into where we are, and to be found by the incredible hope joy and light in Christ. The Gospel this morning starts with some pretty particular things about time and space and a lot of fun words for me to get to say. Tiberius and all those other fun things that kind of are tongue twisters for us today. But it mentions all of the government officials and dignitaries that were in place at that time of Jesus' life. This does a couple of things. First, it shows us that this that this proclamation of the Messiah was in the context of a particular real time. It was not some fantasy, one-size-fits-all story. It happened in a particular way and place on that matters. It also reminds us that Jesus came into the world captive to earthly forms of domination. He was not, Jesus was not gifted into the world in that time and place because they were more faithful than any other time and place or that they were more responsive to God. No. It was just as messed up a time in history as any other. The specificity provides us a reminder that the prophecies that we read from, from Malachi and Isaiah and everything else are not just poetry and lovely words. They're not just pretend prose for a pretend reality that we get to pretend when we come to this place. They are promises that are real into a particular time and place that are real, into a time as we are, ruled by human domination and reign. This is not a theoretical promise. It's not a fiction like Santa and the reindeer and everything else. It's real truth. We prepare for real hope on the second. 
Meanwhile, Paul's letter to the Philippians, of which we read a portion this morning, is one of encouragement and peace. It's lovely, isn't it? All those words like, hey, care about what matters. I believe in you. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? It sounds as though Paul wrote these words as he was on a spiritual retreat, staring out the window at a vineyard. Doesn't it seem like that? Actually, Paul wrote it from death row. He was in prison, waiting to be killed. Paul wrote this letter as a final message to a church that he loved, and that he truly believed these would be his last words to. These words of trusting the work that God has started, and valuing things that really matter, take a different tone when we think about that by someone who's about to sentenced to death because of the proclamation of the good news about Jesus. Finally, our Old Testament this morning was written to faith leaders in the time of the Babylonian exile. What a time to be a faith leader. Oh, wow. Reminding them that the goal of our religious practice is always and ever full communion with God no matter where we find ourselves. Whether we're in exile, whether we're at home, whether we're in a beautiful place like this or somewhere in between. Now, these are some heavy texts for the second Sunday of Advent. Gospel, about a revolution. The epistle, a final goodbye of a dying man. The Old Testament, a people ostracized from their home, from their hope. But I believe that all of these words texts about hugging a tree and watching what God can do. Each reminds us of our own mortal failings and God's faithfulness through time, space, and circumstance. God with us. As I mentioned, the children's sermon that went over like blood blue not great. <laughs> <laughs> this week's Advent theme is prepared. And for us, that does not mean being good. We're good with friends, right? We know we can't even be good. It does not mean hustling until we've achieved enough to be worthy of the birth of Christ. It does not mean building the best possible nativity or having the most profound Christmas Eve service. It doesn't mean having a ledger where our good outweighs our bad or having unshakable faith that we can always count on. It means being still and being found. Where are you? That is where God will find you. Not perfect yet? Join the club. All these unperfect people right here. God will find you. Broken? So is everyone. God will find you there. Is all going so well that you've been neglected to acknowledge the goodness of God and your need, your deep need for the Holy Spirit? Good news. God does not rely on your acknowledgement of God's goodness and is with you no matter what. If you want to be prepared to walk the beauty of Advent into the miracle of the incarnation of God, Stand where you are and watch. You'll experience the wonder of the place you are in 
Even if you are in a dark, difficult place in your life, and the only wonder is that you are not alone, that will be what you need now. You will see the new life springing forth. The stuff that you can only notice when you're rooted and grounded, the shift of light as the sun hits a different place and illuminates something in a new way. The incremental changes as something grows, a flower, a tree, a child, or a loaf of bread rising. You will experience how your strength increases as you continue to practice the same disciplines, whatever it is you need, over and over, until what was once was a struggle becomes routine. You will, as you rest in your belovedness and belonging, start to see the same in everyone. Everyone and everything becoming bathed in God's incredible love. Your eyes will see like Jesus. There will cease to be an us and a them. The old ways of wanting to understand something black and white, categorizing them in certain ways in order to accept them, will evaporate the fact of God's miraculous presence. God. The stories we heard this morning on the second Sunday of Advent are promises of hope from the dark. So imagine this morning that our Advent story is a walk in the woods. Whatever woods you like best. They can be the tough wild woods of South Texas, close to the ground and strong iron. They can be the western red cedars and dug firs of the Pacific Northwest. Reaching amazing heights in search of that sun. They can be thousand year old forests of redwoods in California, close enough to the ocean to smell salt water and rooted for centuries. <coughs> Any other forest you can imagine. Pick your favorite tree and imagine that is your place here. Now, hug it. Let hope find you this morning. Amen. Yeah. Um.